0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Church has been on a journey for since we started 2020, actually, and um, if you're new, welcome, jump in on this journey, but we started in January with a series called Getting Your Life Back, and we started to talk about how God wants to do restoration in our life, and at the end of that series, we looked at a man named Isaac, and Isaac is Abraham's son, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham is considered the father of our faith. And we looked at Isaac and and we talked about his life because Isaac was forced out of the promised land that God had for him. There was a huge famine in the land. And if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Genesis chapter 25, verse 12. I wanna recap that story because I think it's gonna help catapult us in to where we're headed today. But Isaac was going into a famine. There was a famine. So he was forced out of his promised land because of the famine. But Isaac did something that most people don't do is that Isaac flourished in a time of famine. And we looked at the principles in Isaac's life, and we said if we could apply the principles and the truths that are in Isaac's life, then guess what? We can flourish in a famine as well. But in this famine, in Genesis chapter 26, verse 12, it said, Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year one hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great number of servants. Listen to this. So the Philistines envied him. The blessing on Isaac's life was so evident that the enemies of God saw him and said, "There's something about you that's different. You're flourishing in a famine." and we want the life you have. I believe that is the epitome of the Christian life, that the world should look at us and say, there's something different about you, I want what you have. Can I hear a good amen? And so they start to envy his life because he's flourishing in a famine. But what did he do? Watch, this is what he did. In a famine, he actually decided to sow, right? So Isaac had something. Obviously, you cannot sow if you don't have something to give. But Isaac opened up his hand. And I believe this right here is how us Christians should live, open-hearted, but also open-handed. Because here's the truth. When my hand is closed like this, God can't give you more, Because you can't, you're only holding on to what you've got. But if you'll sow what you've got and open up your hand, not only does it let go of what you have, but it also shows God that you can handle more. Can I hear a good amen today? And so what happened was, Isaac began to sow. And he sowed in the land when he sowed Listen, it brought a flow to his life. That's what sowing does. Sowing will bring flow to your life. This will keep your life in a swamp. But what happened with Isaac is his life began to flow like a river. And I want to encourage you because I believe that's the kind of life that God wants us to have. Is a life that is flowing, growing, not stagnant, moving forward. Actually, the Bible says this. It's one of the ways that God describes the life that he wants us to have. He says he uses the example of living water. Revelation chapter 22 verse 17. He says, come let everyone. So who is this for? He says, let everyone who craves this gift of living water come and drink freely. It's my gift to you. The passion translation says, so here's what we need to do. Living water comes from Jesus. And we have to come back to him to get this living water. And so God is using living water to describe this life that he gives us. Now, if you were to think about moving water, you think about water that's moving, that's refreshing. That's actually in the Greek word of living water. It's, it's moving. It's active. It's flowing. It's fresh. And here's what God says. Not only do I want my people to be drinking of that water that living water. John 7, 38 says this, he who believes in me, as the scripture says, do we have any believers today in the house? Let me see if you're, a believer, if you're a believer. And then he says this, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So watch, there are rivers of living water coming to you. Are you receiving it? Are you receiving it? Are you drinking in the living water? And then we went through a series called Don't Drink the Water. Remember that? Because there's some water we're not supposed to be drinking. Why? Because it pollutes the living water that God has for us. We talked about don't drink in the water of negativity. Why? Because negativity will cause you to start to doubt. And then what did we do? We said, don't drink the water of doubt. Why? And we dissected doubt. Because doubt eventually will get you to drink the water of pride. What is pride? Pride is self-effort. God, I don't need you. God, I can do this by myself. You know, I was thinking about when we were singing in worship. I was just thinking about... I am not a self-made man. If it was not for the grace of God, I would not be where I am today. Who knows? I would be dead. Who knows with my past, but thank God for the grace of God and the river of living water. That's coming to you. And I, we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it, but here's what we can do by faith. We can drink it in that water will free you. It'll forgive you. It'll heal you. Come on. Let's take a dip in the river. That's what I need. But there comes a place in our life where we have to realize we, don't, we didn't earn it, we didn't deserve it, and yet God gives it freely. And today I'm hoping that this series will drink in of that river. I was thinking, my life's pretty good in worship. But one thing I remember, I still need God all the time. Because things can turn in a jiffy. But you know what, even though things are good, I'm forgiven because of what he did. I'm free because of what he did. All I decided to do was take in that living water. And I was thinking about during worship how there's things that I don't thirst after anymore. There's habits that I don't have anymore. And it's only because of God, it's not because of me, because me, I am a wreck. Come on, somebody, right? I am on a diet right now. People are asking me, what diet are you on?" It's called starvation, that's what it's called. It's called starvation, right? You may see me on a commercial, Feed This Pastor, okay? Because I'm just gonna be, you know, and we're on this diet. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I already cheated. I cheated on, on the diet. Yeah, I can't, I mean, it's just, I know. And I know that you guys have never cheated on a diet. So as you look at me with those Pharisees and Sadducee faces, um, yeah. So, but here's the thing. I was thinking about how me and my own strength, I, I, I cheat on a diet. Without Jesus, man, I'm just left to my own sin and my own. But thank God there's forgiveness and there's another day, right? And, um, and I, I'm doing good. I lost like 15 pounds. All- and uh, and uh, it's good for health and all that stuff. At least that's what I keep telling myself. And, uh, but I'm going to tell you, it just really showed me in my own flesh, I, I'm not that strong in a lot of the areas. I need him. I need that river. Come on, somebody. I need it flowing through me. I want to rely on that river. And so we drink of that river. But here's, I think, what is key. God doesn't want us just drinking the river. He wants it flowing in us and through us. The Bible says from your heart, that river is going to start to flow. And here's what I have found out, that this world needs living water. And you carry living water. You are a carrier of living water. And so the enemy doesn't want you to have living water. He's always trying to pollute that water. And here's why. I think this, is, this series, Rivers, is going to help us to understand the power, the potential of what this river can do. And so here's what we're going to do in the next couple of weeks, is we're going to look at the similarities, the natural similarities of rivers and the spiritual similarities of rivers, because a lot of them are the same. And Jesus did this type of teaching a lot. He taught in parables. He told stories that people could understand. Remember? And he said, like, if you want to, he talked about a wise builder one day. He said, listen, if you hear the word of God and do it, right, you'll be like a wise builder. And he used these illustrative words. And then the storm came, beat on that house. What was he talking about? He wasn't just talking about houses falling. He was actually talking about what happens when you hear his word and do it, you're building on a wise foundation. That's what he's talking about. And he used that a lot. He told stories. So what I want to do today, you could call that parable teaching or you could call it parallel teaching. That's what I'm going to do today. We're going to look at the natural, what rivers do, and we're going to see the similarities of the spiritual. Let me ask you, when we talk about rivers, how many of you have ever been white Water rafting, let me see your hands, let me see your hands. Okay, that's what I thought, only like seven, okay. How many of you have never been white water rafting? Let me see your hands, yeah, hold them up high, because, all right, all right, good, good, good. I'm just, I wanna ask another question. How many of you already in the back of your mind, you have made up your mind, you will never go white, let let me see your hand, Let, let me see, you will never ever do it, okay, good. Good, I'm, I'm with you on that. Now, let me ask you another question here. Those of you that have been, how many of you would say, I will never do it again? Your life flash before, let me see your hand. Okay, everybody, okay, no, no, everybody would do it again? Okay, you, okay, we've got one. Thank you, sir, thank you, sir. Now, listen, I love all of you white rafting people, all those people that are like, let's go camping. uh, When they're like, Phil, we got to go camping. I'm like, listen, I work a full-time job so I don't have to sleep outside. Come on, somebody. (laughs) you want to sleep outside under a tent, right, and look at the stars, I call you bear food, okay? And that's fun. Get me a hotel, right? People are like, let's go on a hike. Let's hike up that mountain. I'm like, what for? I'm going to go to the mall because you know what? I'll burn the same amount of calories and I won't be killed by a a, a mountain lion, okay? So let's go walk at the mall. I may be able to stop and maybe pick something up. But you want to go hiking, we will pray that the angels of God will encamp around you. No pun intended with the camp around you. But here's, here's the truth is that for some of us, and I know this, the power of a river, we won't go white water rafting because we know a river has so much power. It has the power to be so dangerous in our life that you could actually lose your life on a river. It's dangerous. And we we understand that. But I want us to see today, and I want to give you just three similarities, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through some of these each week, and I think it's going to help us understand what God is really saying. And here's number one about rivers. Rivers are a vital resource. They're vital. As a matter of fact, we cannot survive without clean water. You, without clean water, drinking water, after even a few days you could actually not be alive. Rivers are so precious. They're actually sources of fresh drinking water for people all across the world. And if, if they don't have that, they'll die. And let me say it this way. Water is vital for life. It's, it's vital for life. Now, here's the question I wanna ask you today. Do you see your life as vital? Do you see your life as vital? as vital? Do you see your life as vital on your job? What do you mean, Pastor Phil? When you show up, what you do, does it matter to the culture of your work? In your family, do you see your life as raising those children, a wife, a spouse? Do you see it as vital? I want to go deeper. Do you see yourself, for whatever reason, people find themselves in Marietta, Wildemar, whatever reason you're here, whether it be work, listen, I wanna ask yourself, ask this question. Do you see your life as vital to the community of Marietta? Do you see yourself as vital? Or are you just here going day to day, working, paying the bills, Or do you actually have a sense of purpose that my life is vital? When we talked about Isaac, Isaac actually, when his life started to flow like a river, he started to dig wells. He would dig a well and then people would say, hey, 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 because they saw water. No, 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 you you can't have that well. That's, That's on our land. We want that well. And you know what Isaac said, okay. And then he would go to a further part out in the land. He would dig a well. And guess what happens? There was water. Everywhere that Isaac began to dig, he found water. In other words, the Bible says that whatever you set your hand to do, it will prosper in Jesus' name. Because his life was flowing like a river. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this to you because what Isaac did became a resource for other people to drink out of. Even though he dug the well, he didn't say, no, 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 no. You know what? This is my well. I dug it. He said, come drink fresh living water. And here's what a river will do. The river makes my life a resource to other people. So Isaac's like, you want this living water? You need it. Here's the living water. I know I dug the well, but I'm going to go over here and dig. And so he would dig. There was more living water that was coming. People were like, no, 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 that's our land. You know what? Hey, that's our, Isaac said, okay, I'll give you that well. He went over and and dug more wells. But here's my point. When you decide that your life is vital, you will see that God will use you as a resource in this city, in your home, and on your job. And my church family, this is what we need. We need a river coming through Marietta. Come on, somebody. A river of life in Temecula, in Marietta. Come on. Lake Elsinore and Manaphee. These people we're drinking from Isaac's well. And I wonder how many people are drinking from your well and you don't know it. Paul said, my life, I pour out as an offering. In other words, people were drinking from the water that he was pouring out. He was making this statement that our lives are pouring out things pouring things out. And then he talks about, he says, I fought the good fight of faith. So in other words, Paul was saying, no matter what I went through, if people drank from my offering that I'm pouring out, guess what they're going to come in contact with? Faith. They're going to come out in contact with a person who's courageous, who's determined to finish. That's what you're going to get from Paul's well. I wonder what people are getting from your well. If we don't shift our thinking into starting to think, my well is vital, I am vital. Listen, I am vital to my family. I am vital to my job. Pastor Phil, you know, I just put the fries in the fryers. That's all I do. See, if that's all you see yourself as, that's all you'll ever do. But if you don't see yourself as an agent of difference in a place, whether it be your family or your culture or your community Marietta may just stay the same. And what I'm saying to you is actually how God views us. He says this, Jesus says this to us, Matthew chapter five, verse 13. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown and trampled under foot. Look at this, verse 14. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill, cannot be hidden. Can I hear a good amen? Amen. And I want to tell you something today, the world, our community, your job needs what you have. It needs what it has. Now, when I read that, you may say, Oh, that's cool. Pastor Phil. Yeah. But we need to understand what salt and light was because see salt in essence is a mineral that actually has preserving power. In, in Roman times, they didn't have refrigerators like we have. So they would put salt right on all of their food because it would actually preserve the food. And here's what God is saying to you, to me, you are preserving the environment that you are in. There are actually people in your life today that are sinners, they're hurting, right? And what we need to start to realize is that my life and your life is vital. I actually believe that as salt of the earth, when I'm around people, I'm helping to preserve their life. And they may not even know it. And some Christians don't even know it. You may be at the job that you're at with the people that you're at, because God has placed you there to help preserve people's lives. Because let me just say this, God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. God doesn't want anybody to perish. But you know what, when salt is around, it has a preserving effect. Actually, salt even has a disinfecting effect effect. And Jesus says, you're the salt. You're the salt. So guess what? Salt sustains life and you are in people's lives to help preserve them. I actually believe in my life. I believe this about my life, not just because I'm a preacher, I think I've come in contact with so many people who I've helped walk through depression, who I've helped walk through suicide. And you know what that is? That is salt. They experience the salt shaker. Come on, somebody. And it's not just me. It's you. Come on, say this. I'm salt. I'm salt. You know, one time I was preaching and I had a person come up to me after the service and they said, "Um, I really liked today's message, but what you didn't know um, was I came to church. I was thinking, if something doesn't happen today, I'm going to take my life. That's a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> Thank God he didn't tell me that before I spoke. But he said, I came down for prayer. The, the, the message spoke to me. And my church family, that's a life that God cares about. And, and just look at me here for a moment. That's why to me, We go so hard at church because we never know who's sitting in these seats. We never know if they made some type of pact that says, if I don't hear something today, that's it for me. And can I just tell you, because you're here and we love you, but when you come in, if you don't see yourself as vital to this church, well, I just come and I just sit and I enjoy the worship, and then I leave. And Yeah, that's that's all cool. But you know what? Here's the reality. You're vital to our church. Because if you walk in with your joy and your smile on your face, you don't even know who's sitting next to you and what they're going through. Well, I'm going through something too. Yeah, you are. But you know what I have found? Even what I'm going through when I talk with other people, what they're going through is a lot worse than what I'm going through. Going through. And so here's what we need to start seeing ourselves as a river that is vital resources to people, vital. I am the salt, right? You know what? A lot of people assume that salt adds flavor, but you know what? Actually what salt does is it releases favor, flavor. Let me say it this way. When you're around people, right? When you're around people, we should be enhancing the environment that we're in always. Listen, You should not be ticking people off every time you're around people. You should be bringing out the best in people because you're the salt. I hope all the time that when people leave my presence, I left them better than we than we did when we first met. Come on, somebody, that's salt. That's salt. Do you know that in Roman times they would actually, salt was such a resource, it was so valuable that they would actually pay people in salt because of the way in Roman times uh, that they would pay people in salt. This is where we actually get the word salary. It's from salt. How many think your salary is pretty valuable and a valuable resource? And here's the words that God used. Listen, you are the salt of the earth. You are, now listen he says this, you, me, you're the light of the world. Now, obviously that's Jesus being the light in us, but we are to shine. Have you ever had electricity go out in your house at night when it's pitch black? And then you really realize how much you need electricity and you don't have electricity, nothing works. Nothing works without that electricity. And if you've ever been in pitch black, it is not great. You don't know where to go. You're tripping up on things. Can I just tell you, this is the state of the world. They're in darkness. They're in total darkness. This is why they're tripping. This is why they're falling into sin. But thank God there is a light on the job. And that is you. Thank God that there is a light in Marietta and light's when we come together. And here's the reality. What light does, it allows you to see things better. So in our lives, when people are around you, they should have a clearer vision. They should see things better. You're not there to confuse people. You're not there to cause people to get upset. You are there to make people see better. See what? See what the gospel in action is all about. See what God's love is. Come on. See what God's mercy is, his forgiveness, because you are the light of the world. That is bringing the river into your house, into your job. Now watch this. Matthew 5.16 says this. How many of you are glad you came to church so far? He says this. Matthew 5.16. Watch. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So how does our light shine? Our light shines by us doing good works. Now, our good works don't get us to heaven, but my good works may help get my neighbor to heaven. Right? If he sees me driving down my street, pointing my finger up in the air, that's not going to help him get to heaven. Especially he says, oh yeah, that's the pastor of Passion Life Church. But see, sometimes we go, well, that's the pastor. He shouldn't act that way. Hey, come on, we're all Christians. And you bear that name of the son of the living God, right? And so when I do good works... Guess what happens? It glorifies our Father in heaven. And everyone in the office, right, when you're at work and they're speaking negative, that's not you. You know why? Because you're vital. You're vital to the kingdom of God. You're vital to God's purposes. You can't stand there with everybody and be negative. You've got to be light and say, you know what? He may be that, but I'm not going to sit here and talk about that. We all need God's grace. Come on, somebody. And you have to see yourself as vital. Gotta change the way we think about ourselves. I was thinking about this. There's a reason why I'm alive today. God still has purpose for you and I. You're here, you're breathing. So rivers are vital. Here's number two. This one's pretty deep, are you ready? As a river rises and falls, everything in the river rises and falls accordingly. Let me say that again. As a river rises, and falls, everything in the river rises and falls accordingly. Some rivers have the depth and width and power to actually lift cruise liner boats and all the boats that are in the river. Now, when I read this this week, this really challenges me when God looks at me and says, you're vital. You're the salt fill. You're the light. This challenged me when I realized that in a river, when the river rises, everything in the river rises. The boats, people. Have you ever been in a river and maybe you're jet skiing or whatnot and that boat goes by and it has like a ripple effect, right? And then I don't know if you've ever been on a jet ski and that, man, that thing will shoot you up. Just those ripple effects. Our lives have ripple effects, everywhere that we go. Now this challenges me because this tells me that my blessings and our blessings, our choices, our faith affect every single person that is connected to me. Everybody's affected. So watch. When the river in me rises, guess what happens? Everybody connected to me rises. This is why it's important that I need to make sure that I am withdrawing and drinking from the river of life. Why? Because when I'm drinking from it, I'm rising. And everything that's connected to me is going to rise. But the opposite effect is true. If I'm not drawing from the river of life, right, and I'm not rising, I'm falling, everything connected to me begins to fall. So as my river rises, it affects my wife. It affects my kids and we don't see it this way, my church family, but I'm trying to awaken something in us today. What you do and I do affects this community. What you and I do or don't do affects Passion Life Church. Affects Passion Life Church. So as a river, your life rises, your marriage rises, people at your work rise your neighborhood. Now you ready for this. This is the kind of stuff that gets me in my heart, gets me passionate. I want you to think about this as Passion Life Church rises and the river that God has placed in us begins to flow and rise, guess what? So rises Marietta. We cannot sit here and say, well, I don't wanna be a part. Because you just made a decision not to be a part of the solution. And here's what I think. If we can get the river flowing in our lives, and as we come in every Sunday and allow the river of God to flow, guess what? We can actually let the river in Marietta rise. We can. I think about the story of Gideon. Have you ever heard of the story of Gideon? His people, God's people, were hiding out. They had actually disobeyed God. And so... uh, he, God just took his hand off of them. And what happened was the Midianites came in, and for seven years the Israelites were under the impression, uh, oppression of the Midianites. And so there was this man. He was actually the man, he was actually the salt, he was the light, but he was hiding out, right? He was actually going to be the superhero in this story, he was vital to the outcome. But you find Gideon sitting by this tree. I wanna just pick up this story, read it to you in Judges chapter 6, verse 11, because he's hiding out in fear, and that's what fear will do. Fear's not gonna allow you to see yourself as vital. Fear's not gonna allow you to see any good positive outcomes, but as in Judges 6, 11, this angel appears to him to just call him out, and it says, it says this. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the Tibbeth tree that was in Oprah. Man, Oprah's been around a long time, huh? Which belo- <laughs> that's not her. I'm just kidding. Which belonged to Joash the Habzerite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in a wine press in order to hide from the Midianites. So he's hiding out. Verse twelve. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, "The Lord is with you." Look what he calls him out. The mighty man of valor. You are a mighty man of valor. What is God doing to Gideon? Pouring living water on him. All your insecurities. Drink some water. Gideon, you're hiding out, but actually, you're a mighty man of valor. Come on, where are the men today? Say this with me if you're a gentleman. Say, I am a mighty man of valor. Ladies, are you ready? Come on, ladies, say, I am a mighty woman of valor. Now good, that's the hooked on phonics version, but now I need you to say it like you believe it, men. I am, I am a, mighty a mighty man, man of, valor. of valor. Now say this, men. I don't care. I don't care. What, what anybody said about me, I'm a mighty, a mighty man of valor. I don't care what my wife says. No okay, let's go to the ladies. <laughs> ladies, come on, I am. I am. Come on, ladies, I am, I am. a mighty. Woman of valor. I don't care what anybody says. I'm a mighty woman of valor. That's who we are. We're who God says we are. And he says to him, you are a mighty man of valor. Verse 13, Gideon said, oh, my Lord. Lord, if if this is us, why then? Has all this happened and where are all the miracles our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, listen, 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 go in this might of yours and you and you and you shall save Israel from the land of the Midianites. Watch this. Have I not sent you? Have I not sent you? So here, watch, and I think we do this a lot. Here is the hero of the story saying and praying, God, send us a hero. It's like Iron Man in Avengers going, God, send us a superhero. Aren't you Iron Man? Lord, send us a superhero that can help save the world. I know, I know, I know, I know you've called me Iron Man. I know I have the suit, I got the armor of God, but you know what? Send us somebody. And you know what God's saying to Gideon? You're that man. And you know what I'm saying to you? You're that man. You know what I'm saying to you, ladies? You're that lady that you have to see yourself as vital. But he didn't. Are you ready? This is what gets to me. When Gideon rose up, everybody rose up. Gideon inspired 30,000 men. When he got up, guess what? All of the river, in his area, that he was connected to, got up. When he rose up, do you know, I, I find this fascinating. One guy gets up, and 30,000 men said, we'll fight with you. But here's what we do, because I bet you this is what he, they did. 30,000 people are going, well, if he would stand up, maybe I would stand up. And then his friend is going, well, if you would stand up, then I would stand up. Well, here's the thing. Who's going to get up? Who's going to let the river rise? I'm saying, and I'm submitting to us, Passion Life Church, that it be us, and that in our We say, let this river flow and let it rise. And I'm going to be responsible for me. And I'm going to make a stand. God actually had to whittle down the 30,000 men to 300 because God was like, look, you got 30,000. You're going to kick some serious Dervier over here. But listen, you're going to walk away, think you did it. You didn't do it. So let's whittle it down. And how many of you know, Gideon went to the mighty 300, right? And they actually defeated the Midianites. Now, I want to just share this with you. When God's calling you in my church family, he's calling us. There's a reason why you're in Marietta living today. And I'm going to tell you why. Well, it's because of my job and I got to commute and I got the housing. Yeah, that's great. But I want to tell you the real reason. You're here to make a difference. Let me say it again. You're here to make a difference. You're not here to blend in. You're here to stand out. And a lot of times our problem is we wanna so blend in, but we can't, we can't. Did you ever hear the story about the eagle who is with all the chickens and he's walking with the chickens and then he's starting to walk like the chickens, right? He's starting to act like the chickens, but he doesn't look like the chickens. And then one day he looks up and he sees this eagle and he looks up and he goes, whoa, that bird is flying. See, they're all birds. But see, the eagle was meant to fly, not to be a chicken. And when he sees that eagle, he begins to look at his wings and go, you know what, I was meant for more. I wasn't meant just to be on the ground. I was meant to soar. And he begins to extend his wings and he begins to fly to realize that he was an eagle and not a chicken. And here's what I'm telling you. You are the called of God, the salt of the earth that God has placed here. You are the light of the earth. Now watch, when God calls something out of you, it's because he's already deposited in you. That's the grace of God. How's God calling Gideon, you mighty man of valor? Because he was. God never calls something out of you that he's never deposited in you. That's not the grace of God. Because then you'd have to do it in your own strength. But what he does is he deposits it and then he calls it out. Guess what? It's in you already. It's already in you. It's already in you. Jesus is in you. You don't need anything else to make a difference. Oh, the opportunities, Pastor Phil, I had this opportunity. Don't even worry about that. Just start to rise. Everything around you will start to rise. Come on, somebody. Come on, let's rise. Let's rise, let's rise. The Bible says in Timothy that we are saved and called. So God just didn't save you so you could be on the escape plan to go to heaven. He's called you to actually be Saul, light, right? And have a river that's a vital resource into Marietta. And I think about that, I'm thinking about that right now. Passion Life Church, we need to rise so Marietta can rise. Because here's what I don't wanna do. I don't wanna be an accuser and an excuser. I just hate this city and I don't like this city. oh my gosh, people in this city, they're so liberal. Oh, and watch, here's what we do. Man, the world sucks. Uh, We're accusing, accusing. Okay, so let me ask you, as you sit here and talk about, about our city, about our state, what are you doing about it? Because we can accuse, watch, and then excuse ourselves and our own behavior and say, well, you know, this city, aren't you a part of this city? Aren't you a part? And what part are you? Are you a vital part? I have decided, even though I've only lived here eight years, we moved here from El Paso, Texas. This is my home, this is where we reside, and I'm gonna make a difference in this place. Come on, but I can't do it by myself. But make a decision today. I'm gonna rise. Talk with your wife, say, we're gonna rise. We're gonna be salt and light. We're not gonna be, let our light, right, turn into darkness. Did you know that darkness is not the opposite of light? Darkness is the absence of light. So here we go, man, the world's a dark place. Yeah, you're the light. Light it up, brother. Light it up. For Jesus, come on, not this, but for Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's funny. We're the light. Like, yeah, it's so dark around here. Yeah, but you're the light. So what are you doing? Well, I'm just accusing this world. No, you need to light it up. Let's get on fire. Let's serve our community. Come on, let's let this river flow. People need it. People need it. You know, what's interesting is statistics tell us that even the shyest person will influence 10,000 people in their lifetime. The shyest. In, well, I'm an introvert right? What did one introvert say to the other? That's it. They didn't say anything because they're introverted. The the statistics say that in your lifetime, there are people connected to you. You are vital. There's people looking at you. People are watching you. And the shyest person will influence 10,000 people. Let me ask you this. What kind of influence are we going to be? I want to be a river of living water to people. That's what I wanna be. That's what's gonna change the world. As a river rises and falls, everything in the river rises and falls accordingly. Is this good this morning? Here's the last one for today. Number three, rivers rise and drop and flow depending on what happens upstream. Let me say it again. Rivers rise and drop and flow depending on what happens upstream. Who we are today is the result of decisions and actions that you did yesterday, weeks ago, maybe even years ago. My church family, listen, we make our choices, then our choices make us. My previous pastor always used to say, you can make and choose the choice, but you don't get to choose the consequences. You don't get to choose the consequences. And listen to these last scriptures about blessing because living water is coming to you. God is not withholding living water from you, he's not. By his grace, it's pouring out. And Deuteronomy 28 says this, the Lord will command the blessing on you. Here comes, he's actually, this is strong. The Lord's commanding blessing towards you. Anybody wanna receive that blessing? He's commanding it. Look, the Lord will command the blessing on your storehouses and in all which you set your hand to do. This is what happened with Isaac. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord God is giving to you. Watch. So God is pouring out blessing. And look at Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life, death, blessing, cursing. <laughs> and because we're humans and he knows us, He's gotta give us the answer. Ready? Choose life. Choose life that you both and your descendants may live. Watch this, here's what he's saying. Choose rivers of living water. Choose to receive this river. Look at what he says, right? Choose life that you and your descendants. What I do, my church family, is not only affecting you, my wife, my son, but eventually will affect my grandkids. We've got to think bigger than just me. You know what that causes me to do? That causes me to live with a sense of accountability. Do you know how many times and struggles I've had being a pastor of a church? People are like, you're a pastor, oh, that's cool. Like, what do you do, just pray all day? Yeah, I bought knee pads because I'm on my knees all day. They did studies and they said the five toughest jobs and one is a pastor. Because you're with people all the time and they're ups and they're downs and the ups and they're downs. And you know what? Sometimes it's really, really tough. And there's been times where I'm like, man, I just want to quit. But here's what I know. There's people connected to my life. And I'm an example. You're an example. You're salt. Your life, you can't just live for yourself because your life has a ripple effect, just like in a river. And sometimes we don't think, you know, sometimes I make the right decision just because it's right. But there's other times I make the right decision because I have a son. And he's looking at me. He's watching me. And my church family, I want to close with this. The world is looking for water. They're thirsty. And they're watching us. And if we, what an incredible opportunity, my church family, we can be living water to our jobs, to Marietta. Many blessings that I'm walking in today were because of the choices that I made yesterday. Come on, somebody. Come on. Let me say this and then we're going to pray and we're going to take some communion. When I thought about rivers, I thought about one thing too that rivers do. It's so easy to get into a river and start to drift. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been out in the ocean and you sit out your chairs and everything and you're playing and you're here? And next thing you know, you're like, where are my chairs? And they're over there because you drifted. And I want to encourage us today, as children of God, it's so easy to start to drift away. And I'm going to tell you, We're not going to church this Sunday. Okay, no big deal. I've talked to people that they haven't been to church in six weeks. And I said, hey, where where have you been? I don't know. Just life is busy. You're drifting. Listen, you're drifting. And you can't drift and expect to have God's best. You're going to have to make a decision to say, I'm going to be committed. I'm going to be committed. Listen, I'm going to say it. Our church needs you. Not only do we need you, we want you. We love you. It's not the same when you're not here. It's just not. Because you bring your river. You bring your river. And when we come in, oh, my gosh, let the river flow. Come on, we're going to be living water. Let's choose to allow living water to consume our hearts so we can make a difference in our community. Come on, if you believe that and you learned something today, come on, give the Lord a good round of applause. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.